All right, good to be with you guys tonight. I'm Wyatt, and I'm the pastor here. We're in the book of Acts. Go ahead and grab your Bible, take out your phone, whatever you got. Acts chapter 26. Uh, and you guys are almost done with the series. We've been in Acts for a long time. Uh, we've got a couple weeks left. But uh, I, I want to really hone in tonight. We, a lot of times we'll cover these big stories. We'll tell you these amazing things that are happening. Uh, we've been doing that a lot. But really tonight I just want to zoom in on one thing that we see in, in the Apostle Paul uh, tonight. But to set that up, uh, here, here's where we're at. The Apostle Paul has been telling everybody he can about Jesus. And this is in the, uh, just the, the beginning years after Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected. The church is growing. Paul's going from city to city telling people who Jesus is, what it means to, to follow Jesus, what is offered to us because of Jesus' life uh, with God, restoration, forgiveness. And it has not been an easy road for Paul. He's been beaten Many times, uh, people have tried to kill him, he's been rejected, and we've just seen this amazing resolve to keep going, to, to when he gets left for dead, to just like stand up, brush the dust off, and go back to, to preaching. And his story is kind of coming to an end here in the book of Acts, and, uh, and we're kind of going through this big chunk here, uh, chapters 24 to 26, where once again, he's drugged before uh, the, the governors, he's drugged before the political authorities, and it, maybe you can even just imagine yourself being there. Uh, if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, like getting drugged behind the, in front of the highest authorities in the land, uh, the, the people who have the, the power to kill you, to imprison you, to make your life miserable, and he's given the opportunity to talk about Jesus, and that's what he does, right? So this, this passage that leads into where we're going to be here tonight, uh, he, he's been doing his thing and saying, you, you need to know who Jesus is. He, he came, God in human flesh. Uh, he lived a perfect life. He died on the cross, an unjust death in our place, and he rose again, defeating death and sin, offering us forgiveness if we place our faith in him. This is who Jesus is. Uh, and and the person that we're going to zoom in on here is King Agrippa. And he's not a Christian. Uh, he's kind of a Jew. He, he knows about God. He knows about the Bible. And Paul has been talking to him and, and telling him everything. Telling him about Jesus. And, and King Agrippa has been, has been hearing this. And, and this, this just two verses in Acts chapter 26 is his response after Paul has gone and given his whole message. Okay, so let's look at that together. So Acts chapter 26, if you're there, take a look. We're going to read two verses, verses 28 and 29. Here's what it says. It says, Then Agrippa said to Paul, Do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? You guys get what he's saying? Paul, I see you're trying pretty hard here. Like, I see that you really want me to believe what you're saying. You really want me to follow Jesus. Do you honestly think that that's what's going to happen here? And here's Paul's response, and we got it on the screen for you right here. Paul replied, short time or long, I pray to God that not only you, but all who are listening to me today may become what I am, except for these chains. What's he saying? Yeah, I hope it happens right now, actually. 
But if it doesn't happen now, even if it takes a long time, my prayer is that you, King Agrippa, and everybody who hears me will become as I am. Exactly like I am, minus the chains that I'm in. You don't have to have the chains. But but I want you to be like me, you know? And and as we've looked at Paul, and if you've been with us in the series at all, I, I hope that you've been a little bit astounded by Paul. Like, I hope that you've been a little bit amazed at, at what he's done, what he's been willing to do, his, his resolve, and some of the, the way that he's been willing to embrace suffering. And, and what I love about this passage is that I think it's a, it's a window into his mindset. He has experienced something. He has a relationship with God. And he desperately desires everybody to have it. Like, when, when he talks about Jesus... What gives him the, the, just the passion is his own life, right? I want all of you to become what I am. So here's my question for you tonight. Wherever you're at, if you're a Christian, if you're not, if you're just here checking this out, here's my question that I want you to think about. Think about your life your relationship with God, uh, how you're doing as a person, your soul. Think about how, how you really are tonight and be honest with yourself. As you come in here from, with everything, not, not the face that you put on for, for other people to see, but really your heart, your mind, your soul, could you say what Paul says here? Could you say, I would hope that all of you would become what I am? That's pretty sobering for me. Uh, if, if I'm honest, uh, sometimes I don't feel that way. But here's what I want to ask. Why, what is it about Paul that, that can make him say that with such confidence? I hope everybody in here, I mean, he, he doesn't even know the life stories of everybody in that room, right? I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't know them personally. He's been going from town to town, city to city, meeting new people saying, you need to become what I am. What gives him that, that, that passion and I think, uh, as you even think that, like, what, what gives Paul the ability to say that and maybe you struggle to? Maybe you say, well, man, I don't know if I want people to have what I have. I don't know if I want people to, to, to become what I am. I'm not sure I'm excited about my relationship with God. I'm not sure if I, I feel good about where I am. What's different between you and Paul? And I think it's easy to look at Paul's life and go, well, like, okay, he's Paul. I mean, uh, of course he can say that, right? He, he wrote half the New Testament. He does these amazing things for God. Like, obviously, he thinks pretty highly of himself. Like, he would want people to be like him. And who wouldn't want to be like Paul? He's this incredible hero of the faith. People have been reading his writings for 2,000 years. Uh, like, it's, it's one thing for him to say that. Why, why are you telling me I should be able to say that too? And here's the problem. When you listen to Paul, when you actually hear what he says, none of it is based on what he's done. That mindset of like, well, if I had done the things Paul had done, then I would be able to say that. It, it actually goes against what Paul wants us to think. It actually goes against what he argues, right? What, what are the kinds of things that Paul says? Listen, listen to this. This is the book of Ephesians written by Paul, chapter 3. This is what Paul says. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Okay, I, I'm serving the the message of Jesus by the gift of God's grace 
given to me by the working of his power. So it's from God through the power of God. Catch this. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this, this grace was given me. Did you catch that? The Apostle Paul saying, even though I'm less than the least of God's people, God was gracious towards me. Let that sink in for a second. Superhero apostle Paul, who went from city to city, made the greatest evangelist the church has ever seen, right? Saw Jesus, wrote half the New Testament. Paul, when, when he speaks of his own life and standing, he describes himself as the least, less than the least of, the, of God's people. When Paul says, I want you to become like me, it's not because he thinks he's awesome. We have to get that. It's not that. So, so what is it that Paul, who, who can say, I'm the, the least of God's people, would still want you to become like me? It's because he met Jesus and everything changed. Let's remember Paul's story. Did, did Paul grow up in church? Reading Sunday school, singing Sunday school songs, you know, like learning Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. No. How did Paul's story start? Paul hated the church. Paul went around persecuting Christians, killing Christians even. Like one of the early stories in the book of Acts is this group killing this man named Stephen for talking about Jesus, and Paul's there holding everybody's coats approving of what's going on. This is Paul's story. So if you think that what differentiates you and Paul is that you have some regrets about some things you've done, you know, your life isn't the way that you've wanted it to be, but Paul has this incredible life and he just has no regrets. Like, no, that ain't it. Man, man Paul meets Jesus and it isn't, it isn't this great moment all of a sudden. He's blinded. He's convicted. He's knocked off his horse because Jesus shows up and goes, Paul, why are you killing my people? Why are you persecuting me? And you see, Paul's amazing relationship with God, it starts at the lowest point possible. Right? The gospel, the good news about Jesus it can't be good news to you until it's become bad news first. Listen to that. The gospel cannot be good news to you until it's been bad news first. What's the bad news? You're jacked up. Right? I mean, this is Paul. Paul thinks everything's fine. He thinks he's got it figured out. The Christians are the bad people. Right? He knows what God wants. And so he's going around making sure everybody's on the same page. Life's good for Paul. He, he has a privileged position. He's been educated. People look up to him. He's a leader. His life is set. And what happens to him is God shows up and wrecks him. It, it takes him from the category of somebody who's got it figured out, who's all put together, who's good, to the category of somebody who has offended God, rejected God, totally gone against what God wants. And that's the bad news first, and it's the bad news for you too. You, you cannot have the relationship with God that Paul is talking about here until you've been honest with yourself to say, I am a sinner. I've earned nothing. My life that I think looks good, the stuff that I've done that I'm proud of, the way that I want people to see me, 
it means nothing. And the only hope I have of anything good from life is what Jesus freely offers me. The forgiveness, the acceptance, the adoption of Jesus. This is Paul's story. And that's why the same Paul who can say, man, I want everybody to have my life. I want everybody to be me. Can also say, I am the least. I am less than the least of God's people. It it goes together. And, And here's this crazy thing about following Jesus. The more you try to look good, the more you try to do all the right things and have people see you as this good person who deserves everything you have, the more put together you try to seem, the further away from Jesus you end up. Because here's the thing about Jesus. He's everything or nothing. Like, you only belong because of Jesus, not because of your, your, your works at all. Like, not because of your life at all. And so the more you try to rely on what you've done or how you seem or, or how people see you, the, the, the less you think you need Jesus and the further away you get. So this picture of Paul we see who just proudly says, I want everybody to be like me. It's not like, look at how awesome I am, be like me. It's no, uh, man, come before the cross. Receive the forgiveness of Jesus like me. I, w- I want everybody to have that. Some of you guys know my story. I, uh, I grew up right here. I was a church kid. Uh, I did grow up singing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Uh, I knew all the stories, and I had the right answers in small group. And I was an only child, and adults loved me, and I loved that adults loved me. I was like the good kid, you know, that everybody was proud of. And people would tell my parents, you should be so proud. And I was like, yeah, you should be proud, parents. Uh, and, you know, like, that was me. And, I, and uh, I, I really was a good kid, you know. Um, I, I, didn't, I didn't have any, like, secret past or sins or whatever. And I really kind of enjoyed the fact that people saw me that way. Um, but it, in, in all of that, I really didn't know Jesus. It, it wasn't until I got to high school, and for the first time, I had the crisis of being ashamed of what I had done and who I was, and knowing that nobody knew the real me, and that I had to keep this, this one side of my life going where people saw me as a good person, but I really knew that I was going a different direction. It was ugly. See, I started watching pornography, and, and nobody knew, and my parents didn't know, and I was still going to church, and I still looked a certain way, but, but inside my heart and my mind, like, I had this crisis. I was torn uh, and, and pornography is this big scary word, you know, I'm sorry if I made you feel uncomfortable. It doesn't have to be that, you know. I, I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't, I don't know what's going on in your life. But like that was the first moment where I realized my heart is ugly. Like my life is jacked up. I don't want to be the person that I am. And suddenly this image I have that people see me, it doesn't mean much to me anymore. And it was in that that for the first time I was able to hear the good news of Jesus. Where I was able to hear somebody say, you know, Jesus came for sinners. Jesus didn't come for the healthy, but for the sick. He didn't come for the righteous. He didn't come for the people who had put it together. He came for the people who had messed up, who were far from God, who were dead in their sins. 
and for the first time I was able to go, that's me. I need Jesus if I'm going to be okay. And that's the only way that the gospel can be good news. The gospel of Jesus isn't good news for good people. The gospel of Jesus is good news for broken, broken people who can't do it on their own. And this is Paul. This is his life. This is his story. And this is what he's just said. I was totally jacked up. I had rejected God and gone my own way. But I know Jesus now. I know forgiveness. And, and this is what the gospel is. So here's my question for you tonight. Uh, if you can't say what Paul says, if you see Paul say, I want everybody to be like me. I want everybody to be as I am. If when you see those words, you honestly just go, man, I would never say that. Why? Have you gotten Jesus yet? Do you understand what's offered to you because of Jesus and the cross? Like, do you know that God has desired to, to make you his daughter, his son? Do you know that there's total forgiveness, total love, total restoration, new heart, new life, that that is yours if you'll receive it at the cross? If you will turn to Jesus and recognize that he is the only way that you can have anything worth having with God. Like that, that's yours tonight. It's not something to be earned. It's not something to work towards. It's not something to, to get better at. Like that's the good news. And, and for any of you who have received that, I hope you'll understand like you have this. You, you have this relationship with God. Uh, he, he's not bummed out at you because you messed up this week. He's not just waiting for you to get better, to be happy with you. Like, he delights in you. He loves you. And, and as we talk about going from here and sharing Jesus with people, as we talk to you about, like, inviting your friends to Kukanusa, right, and we say, who will you bring? And we say them before us, and we're saying, like, man, there, there's people who don't know Jesus. Will you be a part of reaching them? Uh, if your response to that is, like, man, they told me I got to go do something. Okay, like they're going to ask me who it is and now I'm going to go do it. Like, okay, something's wrong. Like, let's, let's stop here. Because it can't start there. It's got to start from where Paul starts. Man, I, I'm so pumped I know Jesus. Jesus has changed my life. I'm nothing without him. And, and the fact that people don't know Jesus, like I want, I want that to change. That, that's where that starts. Where are you at? That can be the night. Uh, maybe if you're honest, you just know, like, that's never been you. Uh, you've never really owned where you're at. You've never really owned what's going on. Like, you've been living for the way that people see you or the way that you've been trying to justify what's going on in your life. And I would just beg you, like Paul begs, uh, man, let it be different. Receive what Jesus had for you. Um, man, I, let's, let's take care of this tonight. Uh, I'm going to invite the band to come back up. And, and here's how we're going to close tonight in this final worship set. Uh, Jesus, he, he gives us something to do as a community to remind us of this every time we gather. Uh, as he gets his disciples together the night before he's crucified, he takes bread and wine. And he breaks the bread and he gives it to him. And he says, this is my body given for you. And he takes the wine and he says, this is my blood, the blood of a new covenant. That, that word covenant, a new promise, a new relationship. He says, when you eat this and you drink this, let this be the way that you remember me. And that's what we're going to do tonight. We have uh, some stuff for communion set up, the Lord's Supper. And this is for you to take it if you want to. Not for, not for everybody to do it. Don't feel any pressure. 
But what this is, is it's a way that as the community of people who follow Jesus, as we worship, it's a way of reminding ourselves of the fact that we are totally, 100% dependent on him. That the only way we have any life at all is because of what Jesus did for us. The only way we have forgiveness is because of what Jesus did on the cross. And so as you eat that bread, it's this physical representation of saying, I need Jesus, right? As you drink the cup, as you dip that bread into the grape juice and you eat it, it's this physical representation of saying, I am one of the people who have been saved, not by what I've done, but by what he's done. So anytime that you want to do that tonight, we're going to sing three songs. Uh, Take your time. Uh, Don't go if if you don't want to, uh, but know that that's there for you to respond. And uh, and man, if God's put something in your heart tonight, why don't you talk to somebody? I'd love to pray with you. I know your leaders would as well. Uh, But let's, uh, let's respond in worship together tonight. Go ahead and stand and let's pray. Jesus, we need you. We're nothing without you, God, but we forget that. And so I pray that tonight would be a reminder. It is not worth it to try to get there on our own. It's not worth it to try to look like we have things put together, that we deserve anything. God, that true life is found on our knees before you at the foot of the cross, humbly receiving what you've done for us. And so as we sing, I pray that this would be a moment where we can do that again, where we can receive your love for us, where we can respond to what you've done, God. And uh, we want to we be honest before you. We, we want to be real. Uh, so Lord, use this time. Convict us. Encourage us. Uh, Whatever you have for us, God, we're ready to receive it. Amen.